Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Misty Ipong about her ceremony in Italy with a reception at Seabreeze Point and a dessert party at the Whitehall Room and Patio at the Grand Floridian. Misty also had a very cool welcome party inside Animal Kingdom at Tamu Tamu with a flight of passage ride mix-in, so I thought you guys would like to hear about how she chose all these venues and how all of this fit together to make her amazing wedding day. Welcome, Misty. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Can we start at the very beginning and find out how you and Mike decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney? Yeah, so our story is probably a little bit backwards from everybody else. We were going to have a big at-home wedding. It was going to be, well, I come from an Italian family. He's a Hispanic family. So we have a lot of family, a lot of friends. And we were going to have around four to 500 people and then COVID hit. And that was no longer going to happen. And we both love Disney. We got engaged at Disney and we were already going to Disney on our honeymoon. So we're like, we're going to elope to Disney. And I had looked at Disney weddings when I was in like college way before I could even think to afford a Disney wedding. And I had always dreamed of it, and I said, maybe this is a possibility we can elope, and then our parents kind of stepped in and said, no, you're not going to go do this by yourselves. Like, you need at least to have your immediate family, so we that's what made us switch to that, and so when we started looking at prices and stuff, we realized that it was going to cost us less to have this small Disney wedding with, like, five times as many things than it was to have our big wedding at home. So it just kind of all worked out. Wow, that's amazing. And that is unusual that you weren't planning already and then had COVID change your Disney plans. You started elsewhere and then ended up at Disney because of COVID. How long did you have to plan the Disney wedding? We made the decision in July to switch. And at that time, There was like no one from the wedding planners there. So we didn't actually hear from anybody till August. And we signed our letter of agreement in September. Got it. And so it sounds like your parents were on board. How did your other family members and friends react when they found out where the wedding was moving? (laughs) It was a a mixed reaction. So there were some that were upset because they wanted to be there and they couldn't. And we had to explain to them that they couldn't be there for a local wedding either. It wasn't, this was kind of out of our hands. Our friends were ecstatic. <laughs> Most of our friends had never been to Disney World, so it kind of gave them the opportunity to go or have a reason to go for their first time. So it was very, very mixed between, like I said, upset that they couldn't be there. But everybody that was going was extremely excited. Got it. And it looks like you also did an at-home reception later. Were the people who were kind of upset, were they able to be at that? Most of them. Some of them weren't. 
I think what happened was when we decided to switch, people thought we were like insane that we thought that COVID would stay around as long as it has. So it ended up most of the ones that were upset didn't get to come because they would have to travel. His family's from the West Coast, mine's from the East Coast, and we're smack dab in the middle. So, and and I think that kind of helped at the very end for them to realize like, hey, they did make the right decision. Right, right. So then how many guests did you invite to Disney and how many were able to be there? So we invited a lot more than showed up. I think we invited around 50. And I'm going to say this and I just like want to put the disclaimer out there that I don't recommend that for everybody. But we invited some people that we knew 100% weren't going to be able to make it out of more of a courtesy. Some of our older relatives, we had a really large bridal party. And although we knew most of them, except for the three that were standing with us, weren't going to be able to make it, we still wanted to extend the offering. But we did so knowing that chances are we would have 30 or less. So realistically, out of the 50, we knew 20 were for sure no's right off the bat. And did you end up with 30? 27, including us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, got it. Now, did you even bother setting up a room block for your guests? I didn't. So I know a lot about Disney and I knew right off the bat that like looking at the room block prices, they weren't comparable to the cells that were coming out. And so I didn't end up doing a room block and it worked out pretty well for us because in all reality for the ones we had a lot that just came for the wedding and it didn't really make a lot of sense for them to even stay on property. So a lot of them stayed at like Swan and Dolphin. Okay, got it. Now, since you already had your trip scheduled, how did you pick which day of the week and time of day you would have your wedding on? That part was kind of interesting. So we (laughs) jumped to venues many, many different times till we got to the venues we picked. And my PTO at work expires at the end of March, or it did at the time when we were planning. They recently changed that. And so we had to be married by the end of March or I would have to end up going without pay. So (laughs) I told my planner, these are the venues I want, whatever day works. And the 30th was the only day in the entire month of March that all of our venues were available. (laughs) Wow. Okay. What day of the week did that end up being? It ended up being a Tuesday. We originally wanted a Thursday so we could come back and have our reception, our at-home reception on Friday. And Tuesday actually worked out really well. It gave us like a day to sleep, which we appreciated. (laughs) And it's cheap. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, so talk a bit about how you chose your ceremony and your reception venues. So this part is a little bit everywhere. So we wanted to get married in Pandora. That was our original wish. We love Animal Kingdom. When we were picking our venues, the park's approval teams weren't back yet. And my biggest thing was I want to get married in the parks. So that brought our ceremony venues to Epcot. Those were the only things being approved without the approval teams, in parks at least. I'm Italian, so we went with the Italy Pavilion, and we had originally picked California Grill as our welcome dinner, and then the marina, we were hoping fireworks would be back. We were picking that as our dessert party, and then we always had Seabreeze Point as our reception. Well, 
get to December and I have my first call with my planner and she tells us California girls capacity would decrease too much for us to be up there. So we had to change that. And at this point, the parks approval team is back. And I said, well, I want something that's like the wow factor. They were trying to get me to do a bunch of different venues. And I was like, no, I, I want something since it's the welcome party for them to be like, oh, my gosh, this is wow. Like, this is what I came to. Well, with them being back, they said, how about do you like anywhere in Animal Kingdom? And I was like, I will take anywhere in Animal Kingdom. That's where we wanted to be in the first place. And so they offered Tamu Tamu, and we're like, okay. We didn't really think about much about it. We came and did our cake testing. We really just wanted a trip to Disney, but we used cake testing as an excuse. And so we came, and we're like, we're going to go look at it. And we walked in, and I was like, this is gorgeous. So that actually ended up working out really, really well. The marina, we switched the white hall because um, we wanted a character that couldn't be out there. And I fought and I fought and I fought against the um, banquet rooms because I'm just not a huge fan of them and I didn't want to put a ton of money in the decor. And so they were able to work it out where we had Whitehall. So that worked out well as well. Got it. Okay. And then how did you choose Seabreeze Point for your reception? I, you don't see a lot of receptions there. No. And I, it's funny. I just it was one of those venues that I was scrolling and looking and I saw it and I was like, that, that's it. It has a lot of advantages of it from Italy. Cause it's super, super close there as it is. Like I said, a lot of our guest lists stayed at Swan and Dolphin, which made it really easy for them. And I just saw pictures of it and I fell in love with it. I loved the, I mean, I, I say the breeze, like the outdoors being right on the water. It just created a really good picturesque, venue and I fell in love with it. <laughs> now, did you use any outside vendors for your events? We had a photographer and our makeup artist. They're actually a husband and wife and we brought them from Oklahoma. We flew them out with us. And how did you choose your officiant? I actually found her in the Disbrides group. So everybody was posting about her and it was Catherine, and everybody was posting about her, and I was like, wow, there's something special about her, and so I contacted her, and on her first call, I realized what was so special, so that's how we ended up going with her. Can you talk about the entertainment that you added to the reception? I guess, you know, since it was in two parts, you had the Seabreeze Point part, and then you said you added a character at Whitehall? Yes, so with the reception that was directly after our brunch, we had that Seabreeze Point, all we did was bring over uh, Robert Kerr, our violinist, over to the reception. It was only two hours. I think it was an hour and a half is all we stayed there because it was just food and it was very hot. But he was absolutely wonderful. Everybody loved him. It was like that perfect little bit of extra that, ev that you know, everyone needed. And he could play virtually everything. I think we even gave him some Dr. Dre to play. So that was funny. <laughs> And then we took a break and we came back to Whitehall. So for that, it was actually a surprise for Mike. We had Steamboat Willie come and he had no idea. Steamboat Willie is his favorite character of all time. And so we set him up. We set up Steamboat Willie inside the Whitehall room and kept it closed. 
luckily Mike's mom was very, very COVID aware and wanted to be outdoors at all times. So we set up everything else outside. So Mike had no idea. All of our desserts were black and white. And so then we were like, okay, everyone, let's go do the cake cutting. And then when we opened up the doors, Steamboat Willie was there. And so he got to do meet and greets. And then we cut our cake after. And so we actually got to use his backdrop as the backdrop for our cake cutting. Oh, that's great. What a great tip. Now, how hard was it to get Steamboat Willie as a character? So I reached out to my planner at the very beginning. And I said, this is like the most important thing, my top priority is to get him, but I know it's probably impossible. And she said, no, we've had him before. I was like, oh, I didn't hear anything after that for probably like three or four months. The only thing that was a little bit harder when we did get him is he is very particular about what they can and can't do, what he can be seen with. Just their the character department was super strict on that. And so they would make changes on where things had been moved. But that was really the most difficult part of it all. Interesting. So what kind of stuff? So he can't be outside at all. That's why we had to move out of the marina. Our cake couldn't be. So we had to make sure he was completely out of the room before we could move our cake in front of him. There was actually a video of him walking in, like someone had got Steamboat Willie walking in, and because he wasn't behind his backdrop, we couldn't use that video at all. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah, so just little things like that. Um, we had to change, like, literally 30 minutes before the event. I kind of snuck away with the planner, and we had to change things up. Originally, he was supposed to come out while he, we were cutting the cake, but we can't have the cake out while he's there. So just a lot of little nitpick stuff that we had to change up. That's so weird. I can't, I'm trying to think about what is it about Steamboat Willie that he can't be seen with a cake? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't, I found that out literally the, it was after the ceremony, like in between the, the reception and the dessert party is when the character department came back and was like, the cake can't be in there. And we're like, okay, um, we need to change everything. I wonder if you'd had a black and white cake, could he have been there? I mean, like... (laughs) It was the Steamboat Willie cake. Oh, well, then what's the problem? (laughs) I don't know. We couldn't have uplighting in there. We were going to do uplighting, and they said no uplighting. So, yeah, it was just a very, very particular with him. Interesting. Okay. And the other cool thing you did was you had a sign language interpreter for the ceremony. Can you talk about how that process went? Yeah. So my dad is deaf. He can hear, but he needs to be able to read lips. So that was super concerning with masks. I was like, he's not going to be able to enjoy the ceremony because he can't read lips. I reached out to Disney and they were actually able to get one. They took our script. I sent the script to them and they sent it to the interpreter in advance. So they knew everything. And the biggest thing for me wasn't even the ceremony. Like it was very important for them to be at the ceremony, but it also made transition after when we were doing family photos there are so many little things that I didn't think of because it's just not something you normally think of of like hey he's not gonna know when you're taking the picture and so they had them there for the entire time they left before the brunch because at that point we could be seated and we could take our masks off at the table if we needed to I see oh that's wonderful Now, do you have any menu items or cake flavors from your reception or your welcome party that you would recommend? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The food was amazing. So I'll just kind of go through each one. The welcome dinner 
we had the cauliflower bisque from Jico, and that was absolutely amazing. Like, it was incredible. There was lamb shank. We had Sanaa's bread service, and they took five different dip of the dips, and they, they took the non bread and then split it up, like cut it in fourths so that way it could be an appetizer. It was so good. And the reception, we had a mac and cheese and mashed potato bar, which was my favorite. Everybody else talked about like our crepe station. We did an action station. We did an action station for omelets, but I was more the mac and cheese and mashed potatoes. I like had three bowls of it. And then we did ooey gooey (laughs) toffee cake for dessert. So you had the cake at the dessert party rather than at the reception. Yes. I get it now. Okay. That's great. And any desserts you would recommend from the dessert party? We did Oreo drizzled churros. Those are really, really good. And then we had gray stuff macaroons. Those are probably my other favorite thing we had. (laughs) What flavors did you have for your cake? White cake and gray stuff. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about how your welcome party went? Yeah, so our welcome party, it was the perfect, I would say, like setting the tone for the wedding. We met outside Animal Kingdom by the flagpole and we got escorted back, which I believe they're doing because of COVID. It's hard to do backstage right now, but it felt so cool, like being escorted through the park. And I had on a white jumpsuit, so it was obvious that I was a bride and everybody was clapping for us, like all the guests, because the park was still open at the time. We got back there and I mean, it was a really good, relaxing. The lighting in there is absolutely gorgeous. I had very minimal decor, but just a little bit like we had a welcome note sitting on everybody's placemats. And then we didn't even have to wait until the park was closed, closed. I want to say it was like eight. 30 and the park closed at eight. So it was closed, but there's still people there. And they escorted us over to Pandora, which our guests loved because at that point the lights are all still on. You had the, I I say led, like the black, white look. And so a lot of them have never seen that. And so they're walking in and it's Pandora at night. And then they walked us straight up the flight of passage and we had the entire ride to ourselves. Everybody got such a kick out of it because we just felt like we were the coolest people. I was like, I told Mike, I was like, I shouldn't be allowed to feel this cool right now. (laughs) And I love that video you got of the two of you dancing in Pandora. Oh yeah. We, it was such a fun random moment. We were all just waiting to go to the ride and we just start dancing and our videographer ends up catching it. So it was, it was a really good moment. Now, can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? Sure. So I I was up at 5 a.m. That's when I started getting ready. Our ceremony was at 9.15. The guys got there first, which I know is flip-flopped, but Mike is always late, so I wanted him there first so I didn't have to hear about him being late. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I got there, they hit him. So our ceremony, I'm sorry, started at 9. It was over by 9.30. Epcot, the only downside is Epcot. Opens at technically 11, but guests are starting to be allowed in at 10. So we kind of had to get everybody going because once guests were in the park, we had to have our masks back on. So we had to get our pictures while we could. 
once we left there, we went over the Seabreeze Point. And I want to say we were definitely like back to our hotels by noon. So even it was a full sit down meal, but we didn't do anything extra there. We didn't even do like a grand announcement or anything like that. It was just, hey, let's get some food. It was getting hot. So everybody was ready to go cool off. And then at we went back to the hotel. We were going to go to the parks and we ended up like crashing and going to sleep because it was a really early morning. <laughs> and so we ended up going back to the Grand Floridian at eight o'clock. We were there by 730 because we had some stuff we had to set up. But everybody got there at eight. And that's where we did our grand entrance. We did our first dance, our parent dances. And then we gave it about 15 minutes or so and cut our cake. And that's when Steamboat Willie came out and did the meet and greet. And then, and since they're not allowing staged exits, we did a last dance. So, and that was at the very end. Oh, that's great. Did you have a DJ for that? No. So me and Mike are DJs. So we pre-recorded the whole thing <laughs> with voiceover announcements and everything. Wow. And who ran that for you? we brought our DJ set up. So they usually allow a speaker, but we were like, we're DJs. Can we bring our speaker? So they let us bring our speaker and our decks. So we played just hit play. I had it timed. Wow. That's great. I mean, it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. We, we had done it way in advance. So it was really just setting it up, which we, we do at all of our gigs. And then since it was all timed, it was like, okay, Mike, seven thirty, hit play. And then just let it run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so then when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? Food. I was really big on food. And I think that's because I, I love Disney food. So I wanted to make sure all of my favorites were there. And because I know a lot of people don't get to experience a lot of the different foods that I have gotten. We've eaten at almost every restaurant in Disney working through some Disney Springs and Epcot, but we have everywhere else. So that was really important. And then I kind of thought of a vibe, I guess, is what I was going for. Like I wanted my guests, I wanted to feel intimate and for them to feel like VIPs, which is where you can see like the ride mix in and a lot in me need, I really wanted to be in the parks and I wanted them to feel like I mean, this was a once in a lifetime experience for them. So those were the big areas. And then I wanted a lot of hidden Mickeys. That was really big for me. It was really random. Like I drove Mike crazy because I was like, I don't want them to feel like over Disneyed out. Like, oh my gosh, this, you know, the bridesmaids are in princess dresses. I didn't want that Disney, but I definitely wanted touches of Disney everywhere that I could find. So we had the Mickey swirl and the petals and we had little name plates and it had a little Mickey at the very end. My tiara had hidden Mickeys in it. So anywhere I could find a hidden Mickey, I put it in there. <laughs> now, what aspects were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? Transportation, which looking back, I can see why it's important. But if it were up to me in the beginning, I would have told them, like, I don't I don't care about any transportation and then because it was such a small wedding, I didn't care that much about dancing. I was more like wanting background music. So a DJ wasn't important to us, even though we pre-recorded it all. We were the only ones that did any dancing. So I feel like that's something that's normal that most people would go to a wedding and expect. But because we had such a small, intimate 
group, I didn't really care about like the hype or the, the fun partying part. It was much more intimate, laid back, you know, just spending time with family. That's wonderful. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? So this one, it would be during our ceremony, we did a rose ceremony where we gave our mothers a rose and Mike gave his mom her rose and they had no idea we were doing this. And, but Mike gave the rose and she gave him a hug. And I don't know if anybody, probably nobody caught this except me. And it literally made me cry. She has not given him a hug since the beginning of COVID. So that was their first hug in over a year. And he's a mama's boy. And I almost lost it. Like, I was like, nobody's going to know why I'm crying this hard. And like, I had released my mom and they like, she held on a little bit tighter and it, it was like five seconds of the hugging and I just, I lost it. But that to me, like, I will never forget that. And it's such a little thing, but I knew how much it meant to him. That's wonderful. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Yeah. <laughs> so this one's funny. We switched things up. We did our honeymoon first. Um, it had to do with my PTO and we had to get back. So we did our honeymoon first. So I went to Epcot the first day and I checked out Italy Azola and we were supposed to get married on the bridge. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. I'm so excited. We come back and it's the Friday before the wedding. We get married on Tuesday. And the Flower and Garden Festival has set up these like seven foot tall I, I call them trees because they look like trees, but if you look closely, they're more of like a bush, but it's sitting where my altar is supposed to be oh. and they are massive. And with social distancing, I was like, we're not going to have an aisle. And so I emailed my planner and I was like, these weren't here when we were here last week. Like, I don't know. And I was like, have you seen them? And she's like, no, what are you talking about? And so I send her pictures and she goes, oh, those are really big. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And they're right. I was like, it's not necessarily, I don't like them. They're pretty, but with the aisle, it took away our entire aisle. And so I emailed her and she's like, I'll be there tomorrow. And so we're going back and forth. And Mike's like, what's, what's your backup plan? Like we need it. We need a backup plan because they're not, they're probably not moving these. And I had asked hey, can we do the other side? Because the most important thing to me about that location, and we had chosen originally the face Italy, was the lady in the tramp topiaries. And I wanted those as a backdrop. So we asked if we could switch sides, but that messed up my entire entrance. So I didn't know what my entrance was going to be that entire weekend. I was supposed to come over one of the side bridges, and the guys and girls were going to each come on the opposite opposite bridges and now I'm like I don't know where I'm even going to walk I don't know where my aisle is I get a call the morning of and what I had requested <laughs> was there's some steps that are right in front of the promenade that you can walk down I said, is there any way I can walk down those steps like that's all I want and I get a call I get a call the day of it was like I was about to get in the limo and she goes, we are not, we normally won't do this because up on the top of the steps, and I realize why they won't let people do it is like a storage closet. So if you imagine Florida, it's super, super hot. It's 10 times hotter in there. But I was like, <laughs> it's okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. 
And so I hid in this little storage thing while the, everyone came and got to walk down those steps. So it ended up being really pretty and really cool. But I about lost it on Friday when I walked in and I'm like, where did this tree come from? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then it turned out not to be? The uplighting for Steamboat Willie. I was struggling so hard with the ballroom and I was like, I don't want to be in a ballroom. If I did, I would want to do draping and I'm just not going to spend the extra money for that, for being in there for the cake cutting. And then they said no for the uplighting. And I, at that point, by the time they had said it, I was already at Disney and I was like, okay, just, it'll be fine. It's 30 minutes. I'll, I will live. The backdrop was so massive and the setup was so massive. It didn't matter at all. It looked great. We were in there like 10 minutes. And so I'm really glad I didn't end up doing it. But I was in my mind, I was like, I don't, it just doesn't fit my theme. <laughs> it, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And like I said, the backdrop was huge. It covered up virtually one of the entire walls. So wow. it was fine. That's actually a great tip for someone who, you know, wants to have a character. It's free decor. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what it ended up being. I was like, it took up half the room. So. Wow. Actually, was it free or did they charge you for the backdrop? It ended up being, he came, it came with the character because he had to be on the backdrop, but it was 1800. So I assume that included the package, oh, but he it. didn't. So you see a lot of the social distancing ones, they have like the plants. He actually has a full fence that goes in front of him. So we didn't even have that the plants or anything. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's a good tip too. And then is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Not Disney-wise, wedding-wise, I would say to send the information to your guest and leave it be and leave it for them to figure out. Because I think I spent way too much time stressing over like, did this person get the information? Do they know where they're supposed to be? And it got to the point that I was like, did you read the email I sent you? And I, if I could go back, I would tell myself, just say that to them the first time because I spent so much time and energy like, no, this isn't what you're supposed to do. How did you not know this? And then once we got to the mindset of like, if they miss it, they miss it. And that's on them. It was so much less stressful. That's a great tip. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? Maybe couples who are, their wedding is going to be affected by COVID and they're wondering if they should push it back. I would say one, don't be afraid of a small wedding. I was terrified of one. And honestly, like, I hear so many times brides talk about like, I didn't have time to eat. I didn't have to worry about that. I got to spend quality time with every single person that was there. If, if they want to be there, they're going to be there. Don't chase after them. I spent a lot of time doing that too with people not booking and ended up falling out. Like don't, if they want to be there, they'll be there. If they don't, they don't. And you're not going <laughs> to notice the day of, because there's so much else going on. And then just... Focus on what you can control. And I learned that more from work, but I applied it to the wedding. You can't control some aspects of it. So what can you do? And don't do anything if it doesn't feel right. I told my, one of my bridesmaids is getting married now. And I told her that like, if you get this feeling in your gut when you're like, yes, this is it. And if you don't get that feeling, don't do it. <laughs> you, you'll regret it. I did that with my bridesmaids dresses. I was like, just get whatever. And it didn't feel right. And finally, when I went and picked out a dress, 
I loved it. And I knew that was it. So I'm like, it may not be your original plan. And you have to accept that, that there's some things you can't control, but you'll know when it's the right plan because you'll get that feeling. You're like, yep, this is it. That's great advice. Well, Misty, I think you've offered a ton of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in planning a wedding at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Of course. Well, thank you so much for having me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>